welcome to my mommy's podcast. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Supplements. This is a new supplement company that I really love. I've recently discovered them. Their products are made in the USA. They make all natural, nutrient-dense superfood supplements at incredibly reasonable prices. So I found this company really helps make it possible for families to eat a nutrient-packed, all-natural diet without breaking the bank. And even better, they offer bulk discounts. So if you have a big family, this has really helped our budget. You can buy all of their amazing supplements like liver, collagen, even fermented kale, and get up to 35% off with bulk orders. If you use the code wellnessmama10 at perfectsupplements.com, you can also get an additional 10% off of your order on top of that. Definitely check them out. The other sponsor for this episode is the Wellness Mama Cookbook. And yes, that is my cookbook, but I wanted to specifically talk about it for a second because I spent a lot of time compiling this cookbook as a resource for busy moms. As a mom myself, I know that you just don't have extra time to spend hours and hours each day in the kitchen. And this is why the cookbook contains all of our family favorite recipes, Many of them you can make in under half an hour using only one pan, so you can save on the dishes as well. And they have sneaky veggies, which use veggies in place of a lot of the refined ingredients in many foods. I know that your family will love the recipes as much as ours does, so grab it at any major bookstore on Amazon or check it out on wellnessmama.com. Welcome to the Healthy Moms Podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com, and I'm excited to be here today with Retha Naismith, who is a certified aromatherapist with Plant Therapy Essential Oils. And I love Retha, and her she's awesome to work with, but she grew up using essential oils way before they were popular and trendy, and her mom was an aromatherapist as well. So now with three children of her own, she often turns to essential oils as a remedy, and she also enjoys Um, seeing others learn how to use them safely and effectively. And in her role at Plant Therapy, she does a lot of this, helping people to understand that essential oils are powerful, and with such powerful tools do come some safety precautions. And I'm so excited to have her here today to talk about the many benefits of essential oils and how to use them safely. So welcome, Rita. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks, Katie. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let's jump right in because this is a topic that I know a lot of my readers use and love essential oils and you guys have some great essential oils. Let's just jump in. One thing that I wanted to really talk about. So essential oils have gotten incredibly popular in recent years with good reason, Um, but I feel like there's still a lot of misconceptions about them and also some potential downsides if they're used incorrectly because, you know, you always hear that the dose makes the poison and even water, it can be dangerous in the wrong amount. So can you talk about what an essential oil is and what makes it different than other types of oils? Sure. So an essential oil is a concentrated hydrophobic liquid, meaning it's, you know, it doesn't like water. And um, it usually, it comes from a single botanical. So, you know, like a rose plant or peppermint, and it, it consists of volatile aroma compounds, which are chemical compounds that make up an essential oil. And it can be anywhere from a few chemical constituents up to hundreds of chemical constituents that make up one essential oil. The thing that, you know, so it it is an oil in the sense that, you know, it, it doesn't like water and you'll find that with fatty oils, you know, it doesn't mix with water. They'll form little balls and, you know, try to get away from the water. Um, but the, one of the things that makes it different is it's volatile. So unlike a fatty oil, that's really oily an essential oil is not oily at all. And it actually evaporates quite quickly, you know, which is one of the reasons that we recommend diluting and, and a few other things. And it's one of the things that makes it different from a lot of other oils like fatty oils or a carrier oil. 
And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of, you know, a, a really quick description of essential oils, but they can be quite complex because they are made up of all these different chemical constituents, you know, up to 200. And each one of those constituents that make up an essential oil is what gives it its therapeutic properties. Like linalool in lavender, for example, is what makes lavender a very calming oil. You can also find linalool in, you know, a ton of other oils. Sometimes it's a major constituent of the oils, and sometimes it's a very small percentage of the essential oil. Okay, that's really helpful to understand. So from what I've read, essential oils are typically extremely concentrated. Um, I think some of the examples I had seen is that it takes 256 pounds of peppermint leaf to make one pound of peppermint essential oil, about 150 pounds or more of lavender flowers to make one pound of lavender essential oil, and literally thousands and thousands of pounds of roses to make one pound of rose essential oil. So obviously they're very concentrated and they can have very potent effects and certainly we should respect them because of this. So let's talk about that. Since they are so concentrated, are there any basic cautions people need to understand before they just slather essential oils or drink them especially? You know, there are, just like you mentioned earlier, even some of the best things, some of the most natural things, you know, water can become unhealthy to us, you know, can our bodies can fight them if we have too much of it. And, um, you know, that's the same with essential oils and some essential oils. It's important to know that it's not one size fits all when it comes to essential oils. There are some essential oils that are a lot safer than other essential oils. For example, lavender, you know, it's a very safe oil. It's a kid safe oil, you know, it can be used in a lot of different ways. And then there are oils like cinnamon or oregano that are a lot stronger, a lot more intense, and there are, you know, a lot more restrictions to them compared to a lavender oil. So it's not a one size fits all when it comes to essential oils. So some of those, because of how concentrated the, the oils are, you'll find um, a lot of oils can be very hot to the skin when applied topically. And so we'll recommend you know, most oils be diluted, but especially those oils will recommend a high, high dilution because they will be hot. And, you know, sadly, I've seen in person and heard from, you know, customers who have been using essential oils and not familiar with some of the safety concerns. But I've seen pictures of, you know, just boils from essential oils burning the skin and stuff. So there definitely are precautions to take when using essential oils because they are powerful. They are very concentrated and you know, with powerful things come, you know, some some restrictions on how to safely use them. Yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of start maybe in the, well, at least in my mind, the most safe to the one that you would want to use with the most caution. So starting with aromatherapy, which you're obviously an expert in, um, and that mainly would mean diffusing essential oils into the air. So can you kind of talk about why that's beneficial and how to make sure you're doing that safely. I feel like a lot of people kind of underplay the the benefits of using just aromatherapy and having them in the air because they don't, it's not like putting it on your skin where you feel the effect immediately. So talk about how aromatherapy is beneficial and then how to make sure we do it safely. Right. So I, I always say that there's a reason it's called aromatherapy and that's because it's it's often one of the best ways to get the therapeutic benefits of essential oils. And, you know, I think sometimes, like you had mentioned, you know, sometimes people think if it's not on the skin, how is it going to, 
you know, give me these therapeutic properties? How is it going to help me with the things that I need help? But just like you mentioned, you know, aromatherapy is is an amazing part of using essential oils. You know, I, I often like to kind of give an example of, you know, we have a lot of people who will come and, and look to buy cedar wood from us because they remember their grandmother's cedar wood chest and it brings back all these positive memories and it relaxes them. And I think, you know, that is the tool of aromatherapy, exactly what they're describing. And I think a lot of people are familiar with that, but they don't connect it with the use of essential oils. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And so and and I think um, I think a lot of people, you know, we talk about these. I mentioned earlier, the essential oil are these volatile aroma compounds and it's these natural aroma compounds that these plants are making, you know, and when you go and smell a rose and, you know, it's just like this gorgeous smell and it's relaxing and it's beautiful. And that's the aromatherapy part of the essential oil. That's what you're smelling are these aromatic compounds within that rose. And, you know, that's what they're extracting to get this essential oil. And you can get all these same benefits and the plants make these essential oils, these aromatic compounds, um, you know, sometimes to deter bugs or sometimes to attract certain insects or something. So there's power even within the plant before you've even extracted them. So aromatherapy is a huge part of using essential oils. And I think it's, it's often, um, you know, not focused on because people think that you need to use them topically when in fact they don't. But along, like we've talked about earlier, you know, these, all these benefits, but there are some precautions and, and sometimes it can be overpowering, especially to young children, you know, who are still developing and, you know, even babies who can't communicate if the smell is too strong or something. If an adult is diffusing an oil and it becomes a little overwhelming, they know to go and to turn the diffuser off or, you know, step away for a minute. But if it's a child, you know, they don't always, they can't always communicate that with you. And so, you know, there's even extra precautions when using essential oils around children. But one of the one of the things that we like to tell our customers to kind of make it simple, since we are educating on a last on a mass scale, you know, it's harder to get into specifics unless we're talking to a specific customer. So one of the things that we like to tell our customers when they're diffusing all day, we recommend diffusing for 30 minutes on and 60 minutes off. And that is enough to get the therapeutic benefits of the essential oils while giving your body a break and, and allowing your body to do all the amazing things that they can while having the essential oil assist in, you know, the relaxation or whatever it might be that you're diffusing the oils for. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I know in our house right now in the winter, we've got your candy cane um, aromatherapy blend going and the kids love it because it smells exactly like a candy cane and I love it because <laughs> they're not eating sugar. And so from what I've read also, as far as like the biological effects of aromatherapy, um, just like the reason on a, a negative level, why when someone smokes, they're able to absorb all the, the nicotine and the chemicals from the cigarettes. The same thing from what I understand happens with aromatherapy as well, because the lungs are actually one of the more absorbent parts of our body and they can very quickly get things into our body. Um, so can you talk about that a little bit and how like the, the benefits of essential oils actually can very much enter your body through aromatherapy? And that's of course why you want to exercise caution and not overdo it, like you just said, um, but also why it can be so effective, especially I know like if um, we have someone with the sniffles or a sore throat, it can be really soothing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a doctor by any means and I don't have all the scientific terms, but, um, but one of the th things is, 
you know, essential oils, I think a lot of people don't realize that when you use essential oils via aromatherapy, um, the essential oils get into your bloodstream. And often when people are like, oh, you know, just diffuse and that can't be harmful at all. Often it can sometimes become more harmful because it's harder to calculate the exact amount that is getting into your bloodstream inside of your body. And so, you know, that's another one of the reasons we have the precaution or, or, you know, the safety guideline of 30 minutes on 60 minutes off if you're diffusing all day, because it's hard to know exactly how much of that essential oil is entering into your bloodstream, entering into your body, but it absolutely does. And so, you know, you think you know, I have to apply it topically for it to get inside my body because, you know, that's, that's a, a physical thing. You know, you put it there and you're and it will um, go inside your body. But when you're using aromatherapy via inhalation, you know, or essential oils via inhalation, um, it is getting into your body. It's getting into your bloodstream. And so there are amazing therapeutic benefits that can come from just inhaling the essential oils. And, um, you know, and then like, you know, we said there are some precautions because, it is getting into your body. It is getting into your bloodstream. And so, um, you know, it, that's how it heals you. And that's also how it can become harmful is because, you know, we don't always know exactly how much is getting in based off of, you know, what oils you are diffusing, what kind of diffuser you are using, how often you're diffusing. It's a lot harder that way than if you just say, you know, put 3% of this oil in this spot and they can calculate a little bit more. Um, you know, the exact amounts of, of what's actually getting into your body, into your bloodstream. That makes perfect sense. So with that understanding of how um, aromatherapy, can be, aromatherapy can be such a powerful tool, are there any oils that are just in general, like that you wouldn't want to even diffuse around a baby, for instance? There are. So there's actually quite a few. Um, plant therapy has a line of kids safe oils and that comes with 21 specifically formulated blends for children that Robert Tizeron formulated. But we also included when we launched this over two years ago, our kids safe line, we also included a kids safe stamp on all of our single oils so that when our customers come to our website to look at the oils, if it has a kids safe stamp on it, they know that that is one of the safest oils to use around children. And so if, you know, if you go to our website, and you start looking, if it doesn't have a kid safe oil, then there might be concerns for topical use or for inhalation. Um, but, you know, some of the ones that are most talked about are peppermint, eucalyptus, rosemary. And the reason for that is because 1-8-cineol and menthol are both chemical constituents that have been known to cause breathing problems in young children. And, you know, I think that's, hard for some people to hear because they've used those growing up or they've used them around their children for a long time. But I always say you won't know if it causes a breathing problem unless you try it. And then if you try it and it does cause a breathing problem, then there are concerns there. So I recommend until the the set age limit, which is six to 10, um, to just kind of stay away from those ones because, you know, it has been shown to cause breathing problems in young children. Um, and then there's other concerns like for cinnamon oils or oregano um, that are really strong oils. You know, not only are do we not recommend them for topical use because they are hot oils and can burn the skin with young children, um, but we also don't recommend them for diffusion because like we talked about earlier, it's harder to know how much is getting into the bloodstream and, and the effects of that. And because they are such strong oils, we just recommend they not be used in any way around young children. Um, because there are some concerns that can't always be calculated with those extremely powerful oils like oregano and thyme and, and cinnamon bark and oils like that. 
Yeah, I really appreciate your explanation of that. And you're right. I've got actually, I've taken heat for saying before in a post that you really shouldn't use peppermint around babies because I had um, researched that and I have a friend who's an aromatherapist and I had a lot of people who said just that, like, no, I've used it and I was just fine. Yeah, I've used it on my kids and they were just fine. And I'm like, that's great. But just like you said, these are very powerful oils and there are, that's the great part. There are some great alternatives to use um, that are safe around children, especially when you know how to use them correctly. Um, yes. So I'll make sure to link. I know you guys have some good resources and also just include kind of a list of which ones are kid safe because I think that's really helpful. Um, I'm so glad that you and other companies too are like really trying to wait, raise awareness because uh, I think essential oils are such a wonderful tool and I hate to see them um, being written off as dangerous when there are very safe ways to use them. So another way that essential oils are often used is topically. And this is one of the first ways I ever started using them. And that was in homemade beauty products and like lotions and soaps and shampoos. Um, so that's a pretty easy use to understand, but talk about um, using essential oils topically and anything we need to know about dilution or proper ratios. Yeah, so using them topically is is often a lot easier because, you know, there are specific guidelines. For example, you know, on our website, if there's any concerns with topical use with an oil, for example, cinnamon bark, we have a maximum dilution recommendation. So it's easy. You stay under that maximum dilution recommendation and you're going to be fine using that oil topically. Um, and then, you know, we have a guideline of dilute this oil one to three percent or dilute this oil three to five percent. You know, so it's a lot easier that way because there are these specific guidelines and, you know, if you do this, then it will be safe and there's not, you know, other things to worry about. So we do always recommend diluting essential oils and we recommend this for a few reasons. As I mentioned earlier, essential oils are volatile, meaning that they evaporate quickly. And if you dilute an essential oil in a fatty oil, like a carrier oil, then it's not going to evaporate as quickly and you're going to be able to get more of the essential oil working on those therapeutic benefits that you want more essential oils into your body, more essential oils staying on your skin if it's, if it's a topical concern. And so that's one of the reasons we recommend diluting essential oils. Another of the reason is because, because an essential oil is volatile, it can be very, very drying to the skin. And when mixed with a carrier oil at a right dilution percentage, essential oils change from being drying to actually very therapeutic, some like lavender, to be very healthy and um, for the skin and, and can help, you know, can be great for all skin types um, when diluted. So that's a couple of the reasons that we recommend dilution more on the scientific side. But then again, we recommend diluting essential oils for safety concerns as well. And um, like you said, you know, we have we have a dilution chart that gives recommended dilutions and how you do that. So, you know, how do you get a 10% dilution or how do you get a 1% dilution? We have a dilution chart that gives that information and it also gives recommended dilutions per age range. And the reason there are dilution recommendations per age range is because as we grow, when you're a child, you know, your skin is a lot thinner. It hasn't completely developed and it's a lot more sensitive. And so we, we recommend you dilute a lot more for a young child. And that goes the same actually for an elderly person. Um, their skin starts to thin again and becomes a lot more sensitive. So we're going to recommend, you know, you dilute the oil a bit more. Um, so it, it is a little bit easier. There's also other concerns when using essential oils topically, something to keep in mind, like I said earlier, essential oils, because they're hydrophobic, they don't like water, so they won't mix with water. And a lot of people like to use essential oils in the bath, but we don't recommend you just putting the essential oil in the bath because it's not going to mix with the water. So you can put it in like a bubble bath or a shampoo, and then it will mix with all of those fatty oils and all of the other things in the 
shampoo or the bubble bath or whatever it might be. And then it will evenly disperse within the water and you'll be able to get all the amazing therapeutic benefits of using essential oils in the bath without having any of the concerns of maybe being burned by an essential oil or, or have it be irritating in any way because it's not mixing with the water and it is getting on your skin undiluted. Yeah, that's a really great point because if it's a, an oil like that, it would just kind of float on the surface, right? So you could actually get a whole drop of it just straight on your skin if it was floating on the top of the oil or the water. Yeah, absolutely. And we've, you know, I've seen, I've seen where parents have put like our germ fighter blend. We now have, you know, like I said, two years ago when we launched our Kids Safe line, um, we launched our germ destroyer, which is comparable to our germ fighter blend, but it's kid safe. But before that we had parents, you know, I heard once where a parent put the germ fighter in the bathwater and then their child sat on it and it has, you know, hot oils in it like cinnamon and it just burned their legs um, because like you said, that oil is just floating on top of the water and it's not diluted at all because it's not mixing with the water. And so, you know, there, there definitely can be some concerns um, because it, it won't mix in with the water. That's an important point. And another um, issue, I at least that I'm cautious of with topical use, that maybe you can help shed some light on is some oils can make the skin more sensitive to sunlight from what I've read. Is that right? And which oils would you not want to use if you were going to say go out up to the beach or in the sun for a while? So that is correct. Um, the the biggest concern with that are citrus oils, and but all, not all citrus oils are phototoxic. Um, but a lot of them is. So in general, if if you on our website, we'll list if if there is that concern. But in general, it's like if you aren't really sure what you're doing, if you have a citrus oil, if it doesn't say if it's phototoxic or not, I would say you know don't apply it on your skin and then go out in the sun just to be safe. Um, but you're correct that there are, there are oils that do that. And, you know, I think some people don't realize that it's not only the oil, but in the past couple of years, we've seen stories of, you know, people cutting up limes or something, and then their hands being burnt by the sun. And it's because of those oils in the lime. And then lime essential oil is phototoxic, you know, so you shouldn't use it topically and then go out on the sun. So on our website, if there is that concern, we listed, if there's, if you can use it at a certain dilution and it's safe to use in the sun, we list that information to try to make it as easy for, you know, our customers to go on and know exactly the safest way to use these oils. Um, but that definitely is a concern. And and we've seen that happen, sadly, with, you know, different safety reports that have come out of people using essential oils. So so that is definitely something to keep in mind Um you know, when using essential oils. And I say just to be on the safe side, if it's a citrus oil and you don't know if it is phototoxic or not, if it doesn't list it, I would say, you know, don't use it and then don't use it topically and go out in the sun unless you've done some research and know if it is a phototoxic oil or not. Great. That is great. Thank you for clearing that up as well. And so now to get a little bit into the more controversial side of essential oils, and that's with internal use, because I feel like there's a whole lot of sources on the internet that say completely different things about this. And I feel like a lot of maybe the listeners even are a little bit confused about internal use. And when you have on one side um, sources that recommend that you drink like 20 to 30 drops of certain essential oils daily, and then others that say you should not take them internally. Um, so from a certified aromatherapist perspective, you've learned a lot about this. So can you kind of give us some good guidelines for internal use and what to be cautious of there? Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of, like you say, we kind of see extremes in this and on each side, on each end of the spectrum, you know, you have, we'll see people who are using essential oils internally every day, adding them to their water, um, which 
we don't recommend in any way, shape, or form because essential oils do not dilute in water and you're getting those oils directly on your sensitive mucous membranes and your mouth completely undiluted as well as internally because they don't mix with water. So we never recommend that. Um, but then, you know, also in capsules or in more safe ways, we see people ingesting essential oils, you know, every day, all day often. And then we have on the other end of the spectrum where there will be people who say you can never ingest an essential oil. And we're kind of, you know, a little bit in the middle, although a little bit more on the safer side, only because we are educating a mass amount of people, you know, it's not just one or two people. And so, um, we do have to be a little, a little extra cautious, but, um, you know, I wrote a post about this that I actually wrote, um, for my final paper when I was getting my certificate in aromatherapy. So it would have been in 2014 and it's on our blog and it's called can essential oils be ingested and it has a lot of I think important information on it because I think a lot of people get confused with the difference of using essential oils internally for medicinal purposes and you know all of us getting essential oils internally um, you know as we might drink a pop or you know because essential oils are used in food flavoring a lot and I don't think people realize that and they're in the food we eat because you know like we talked about earlier it's these aromatic compounds and these things that are in the plant that we are extracting so um, so you know they're in everything that we eat but with them being as food flavorings or in the food we eat you know we're getting way less than one percent per of essential oil a drop of essential oil per day and um and they're completely mixed in you know because it's it's part of the food we're eating but when you're using them medicinally you're using them in a lot larger amounts and there are some safety concerns because of that and um you know in my post i just wanted to read a little part because i went back to my post to kind of go over this question because there's a lot of different things to think about. And I don't, you know, I don't think we should cover all of it because it can be kind of overwhelming. But I think, I think just this little part that I'm going to read is kind of important for people to understand. So in my post, I said, um, there are some constituents in essential oils that can be toxic, irritating, and sensitizing if the essential oil is used in large enough doses. Just because an essential oil is 100% pure and natural does not mean that it cannot harm you. Harm from an essential oil not always is due to impurities or adulterations. Most, more often, it is simply about the constituent it contains. Then I say, for example, a teaspoon, and I know that's kind of a large amount, but stay with me, a teaspoon of eucalyptus oil or winter green oil, even if 100% pure, can be fatal to a child. And there is research and um, studies that show that this has actually happened. There have been children that have died from wintergreen, from a large amount of wintergreen. And I think, you know, people say, well, I'm not taking a teaspoon of wintergreen oil internally. Um, and, you know, hopefully that's true. But it's important to note that that is how powerful these essential oils are. That a teaspoon, which might seem like a lot of essential oil, but if you think of a teaspoon as, you know, a water or something, it's such a tiny amount. And you think that that has caused a child to die before, you know, these, this is the reason that this is one of the reasons why there are precautions because this is seriously strong, concentrated oil that, you know, that we're using for therapeutic benefits. And so, um, you know, there definitely can be benefits from using essential oils internally and plant therapy is definitely not anti-internal ingestion of essential oils, but we do recommend that people do research. We do recommend that they 
contact an expert in this area, an aromatherapy practitioner, someone who understands each and every one of the chemical constituents within that essential oil and what are the cautions with those using those internally? Are there any cautions um, with them being toxic, sensitizing, irritating? Um, is there, you know, some essential oils can also have interactions with medication. So is that a concern? So there's lots of things that play into using essential oils internally more than if you're just using them via aromatherapy or topical use. And so this is why there are a lot of a lot of extra, you know, this is why a lot of people are kind of pushing back on the internal use because there are a lot of precautions that a lot of people aren't aware of. And it can become serious. And we have seen serious side effects of people using essential oils internally. So although it can be done safely, we don't recommend, you know, just the average person using essential oils medicinally um, on a daily basis. You know, we recommend that they contact an aromatherapy practitioner or someone who's educated in the use of essential oils internally, who really understands each and every constituent within that essential oils and know if, if, if there's any safety concerns um, with those constituents that are found in that essential oil. Yeah, that's so important. And you're right, people may think, well, a teaspoon of wintergreen is a lot, but if a baby gets a bottle of wintergreen essential oil, that's they could take a sip of it that's equal to a teaspoon. Right. So that's really important to know. And I think you're right. I think that's that education is so much the key. And especially because there are people like you out there who um, have a good understanding of this and people, other aromatherapists and people who are certified in this, who listeners can find to make sure, like you said, that for their personal case, it's a safe way to use it. It's not going to interact with the medication and that it's safe for their age or state of life. Um, and I know, like you, I've heard too many of the sad stories about like moms giving infants like tiny babies oregano essential oil straight which can you know like just like a, if it got on your skin it can burn you and that is extremely strong for someone so small and so I think you're what you're saying is super super important and I know that we're going to get a lot of questions as well because quite a few of my readers are either pregnant or nursing and I've researched this quite a bit as far as just you want to have a special caution there too because there are things that can affect a pregnant woman for instance some oils have even been used from what I understand to help women go into labor. Um, but there are some to be cautious of. So what are the particular cautions if someone's pregnant or nursing that they would want to be aware of? So there, there are definitely some essential oils that they would not want to use at all. And, um, you know, our, we have a chart of essential oils that are safe to use while pregnant. And, um, you know, just kind of a little side note, all of our safety information that is found on, you know, these charts, our dilution chart, um, all of the the dilution recommendations on our website, all of the cautions about, you know, not not being kid safe or not using while pregnant. All of this information comes from Robert Tizarin, who is the author of Essential Oil Safety and, you know, the safety expert in the aromatherapy industry. Um, so all of this information comes from him as um, he consults with plant therapy. And so, you know, he's just right at our fingertip. We have questions, you know, all of this information every time before we put an oil on the website, before we sell an oil, you know, we we always talk to him about any safety concerns if the oil is kid safe. So all of that. So, you know, um, so kind of just a side note. So people are aware, you know, this is where a lot of our safety education is coming from is from Robert Tizarin. So we do have a list of oils that are safe to use 
while pregnant. And in Essential Oil Safety, Robert Tizarin's book, um, he lists oils that absolutely should not be used in any way, shape, or form while pregnant. And then there are oils that have some serious precautions, but they possibly can be safe to use while pregnant if you're using them correctly. Um, so, you know, I would say definitely look for charts like that to know if an oil is safe or not to use while pregnant. And then um, on top of that, usually when you are pregnant, we recommend a higher dilution. We recommend you dilute to about the age of a two to five year old um, because the oil is getting into your bloodstream. So we usually want less of that to happen um, because, you know, then it can get to your unborn child. And so there are some concerns there. So we recommend a higher dilution when you're pregnant. And we also don't recommend you use, you use essential oils in your first trimester. And, um, you know, as most people know, that's when most of the development of the baby occurs is in your first trimester. And so if since you know, essential oils are getting into the bloodstream and there are some precautions when using essential oils when pregnant. It's easier to say not to use it all in your first trimester um, just to make sure that, you know, there isn't anything unsafe with the essential oils that they're using, especially during that extra sensitive time of the baby's development. Yeah, exactly. That's so good to hear. And I'll make sure to find um, the charts that you guys have and link to those. So anyone who's wondering about the specifics can um, check those out. So another question I've just thought of that I don't think I even mentioned to you before, so hopefully I'm not throwing you a curveball, but <laughs> when it comes to like the different types of essential oils, what kind of standards are there or certifications are there? What kind of oversight do they go through? I know that you guys have um, quite a few organic essential oils, which obviously I would guess is pretty similar to a plant or a vegetable getting certified organic, um, but there's a lot of claims out there as far as certain essential oils being um, more potent than others or being medical grade or therapeutic and how that makes them okay to use internally. Um, can you shed some light on that for us? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a question we get often. So it's it's not a curveball because I'm very familiar with this question. Um, so in the United States, there's actually no certification, no grading, no anything of essential oil. It's kind of, it's Sadly and not so sadly, kind of a free for all when it comes to essential oils in the United States. Other countries have certification um, guidelines that companies have to go through. Uh, you know, there are some countries where only doctors can prescribe essential oils internally. So, you know, there's lots of things in other countries, but the the United States is a little behind when it comes to the essential oils because we don't have any of that in the United States. Um, you know, a lot of people will bring up that the FDA has a list of generally recognized as safe or GRAS essential oils. And they will say, you know, all these essential oils can be used internally. Well, that's not necessarily true. They are generally rec recognized as safe to use in food. So if you go to the FDA's web website, it specifically is talking about these essential oils to use in food flavoring. And we talked about earlier, that is different than using them medicinally. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, but like I also said earlier, you know, we're not anti-ingestion. We're just want to make sure that people are doing it safe. So, so, you know, there's that too. But when it comes to this certifying, you know, um, therapeutic grade or um, like you said, medicinal grade or clinical grade, um, a lot of those terms are used by companies that have their own, how do I say that? They have their own um, guidelines 
on you know the quality of their essential oils and if it if their essential oils meet this guideline then they will say that they're therapeutic grade or whatever um but there's no united states grading there's nobody in the united states no government agency nobody that actually does any of this grading so if a company is saying that their oils are therapeutic grade or whatever it might be that's the company giving it to their oils themselves and not like a third party or or any governing agency giving that certification or that grading of the oil um, to the company, if that makes sense. <laughs> kind of rambled a little bit there. Um, no, that does make perfect sense. Okay, good. So, you know, so the thing, so a lot of people are like, well, how do we know if an oil is good then? How do we know if an oil is pure? How do we know if an oil, you know, and, and there really isn't, you know, there really isn't any way to just know, you know? Um, so some of the things that we recommend you look for when you're looking to purchase an essential oil, one is you have to be comfortable. You have to trust the company. You have to be comfortable with the company that you're purchasing your essential oils from. And that's not going to be the same for everyone. And that's okay. And I think that that's something important for people to keep in mind because we see a lot of arguing in the aromatherapy industry of this company's best, no, this company's best. And, and I don't think that's the reality. I think some people are most comfortable purchasing from this company for whatever reason. And some people are more comfortable purchasing from another company for whatever reason. And everyone has the right to make that decision. And so I think that that's important to state. But some of the things that we as a company um, try to do is, you know, we try to be very open and clear and honest with our customers so they know exactly what they're purchasing. And, and plant therapy was one of the first, if not the first company to offer batch specific full GCMS reports on our website. And this is different than other companies because we actually have the signed report that we get from the chemist that we directly upload onto our website. And this can be verified with the chemist. It has his signature on it of the third party chemist or laboratory that we use. Um, so, you know, we customers or people can know without a doubt that we are not editing this GCMS report in any way, shape, or form. So that allows our customers to order their products, look at the batch specific number on the bottle, go to our website and pull up the exact GCMS report on that oil. And a GCMS report is going to show all the chemical constituents within an oil, or if it is adulterated or if something else has been added, it's going to show that. So our customers know exactly what is in the bottle that they purchased from plant therapy. And um, so that's one of the things that we you know, like to show our customers. So we're just upfront. Here's the GCMS report, the specific one we got from the chemist. You know, it hasn't been edited in any way. Look over it, you know, so that they can be educated on exactly what they're using. Um, we also, Robert Tizerin also gets to look over our oils and he will look over the smell of the oil, the consistency of the oil and a few other things. And he then will send us his recommendation on if he believes this oil is a pure oil or if it has been adulterated or something. And then he'll tell us what ones he recommends that we send to the third party to be tested. And on our GCMS reports, you'll also find Robert's comments of what he thought of this oil um, before we sent it to the third party chemist to be tested. So not only do you get the GCMS report, but you also get Robert Tizerin's comments on each one of our oils. Um, and that also helps our customers know that this isn't, you know, for those that don't really understand a GCMS, they also have another expert's opinion on the oil um, that they can trust instead of just trusting the company, which I know is, is sometimes hard because we've seen a lot of companies 
do things that have lost the trust of, you know, individuals in the industry. And so I, you know, we completely understand that it sometimes can be a little overwhelming and hard to just trust a company. Um, so I know that that has been really helpful for a lot of our customers as well to be able to have, you know, not only the GCMS reports to look over and do research and compare it to other companies and all of those things, but to also have Robert Tizarin's opinion and comments on the oil as well. So, you know, I think that that even though there aren't, you know, general certifications or grading of essentials in in the United States, I think that there are definitely things that companies can do and, and plant therapy is is doing um, to make it so that people can know if an oil is pure or of the highest quality um, before they purchase it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So in other words, there's no nationwide standards that are independent and that like could tell you based on just company which ones are more safe than others, but that there are companies like you guys who are going the extra step of submitting it to an independent third-party lab to get that data and to show the quality yourself. Is that kind of the basic yeah, of it? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Um, and is that, like, if so say someone has oils that they got from another company, is that something they could try to request from other companies or do most companies not do that? So I know a handful of companies that do, and I know a lot of companies that don't. So, you know, if you have it, it, it won't hurt to request that from the company. Um, and if, you know, if they aren't willing to give it to you, then that's something that you have to think about, something if you feel comfortable with, and that will be based on the individual. Um, but, you know, I say it never hurts to ask the company for a GCMS report. It never hurts to ask the company about, um, you know, their quality control procedures, what goes in to figuring out if the oil is pure, what goes into um, sourcing the oil, what goes into knowing what farms the company works with, you know, all of those things. It never hurts to ask the company. And then based off of the company's responses, you know, that will help the customer know if this is a company that they can trust, if this is a company they feel comfortable with. And like I said, that's going to be different for every individual. But I say start out by asking these questions and, you know, maybe with a couple different companies and and see what one you feel most comfortable with. See what one is giving you the answers that you want to hear and that you're trusting their answers and you're trusting that, you know, they genuinely are doing the things that they need to be doing to make sure that they are giving their customers, you know, the absolutely best quality that they can. Okay, that's great. And just to clarify as well, so the GCMS report is showing that it's chemically pure and that nothing's been added to it. Um, but so say someone finds uh, that report on your website, just because the oil is pure still doesn't mean they should, that there's complete safety to use it however they want. All those dilution ratios and cautions, they should still research that as well. Is that right? Absolutely. So, you know, I think it gets confused a lot of time that pure means safe and it doesn't at all. So, and Honestly, um, this is just kind of my own personal opinion. I think, you know, sometimes an adulterated oil could be a lot safer than the pure oil because it might be adulterated something with something that isn't unsafe, which will make all of the unsafe things in the oil less, which could make the oil safer if it's adulterated, you know? And and so just because it's a pure oil does not mean it is completely safe to use in any way, shape or form. And and the most often it's going to mean that there will be extra precautions because it is a pure oil um, because those chemical constituents are then at their strongest because they aren't being adulterated with anything else, diluted with anything else. And so there are definitely precautions that need to be made, especially with these pure oils. That's a great point. 
Hey guys, I want to pause this episode for just a minute to again thank the sponsor for this episode that makes it possible, PerfectSupplements.com. They make these amazing natural nutrient-dense superfoods made in the USA and incredibly reasonably priced. They are recent additions to our diet and I'm finding that every product of theirs I love Um, that I've tried. A favorite in our house right now, especially among my husband who does not like liver no matter how I cook it, no matter what I do, is their perfect desiccated liver supplement, which is a capsule. So if you have listened for long, you know that I use organ meats in our home a lot and I consider it nature's multivitamin if it's from a really good source. Um, If you have a hard time with the taste of liver, like my husband does, you may want to try their desiccated liver capsules. Other products of theirs we've been using recently are collagen, their greens powders, and even fermented kale because I will admit I don't actually love kale. It's just one of those greens I don't love, and so it's made it possible to get it in our diet. But back to their liver. It's made from 100% grass-fed cattle and nothing else. Their liver is packed with vitamin A, B12, and iron, and it's this is the same product that has been recommended by Tim Ferriss and Dave Asprey, and I finally broke down and tried it, and I love it and can see why they recommend it. So I actually found, especially with um, pregnancy and nursing, that liver capsules like theirs can really help with energy levels and help mental clarity, which of course all moms need. So I wanted to, you guys to be able to try it and love it as much as I have, and they've offered an amazing discount. So you can get 10% off of any order by going to perfectsupplements.com forward slash wellnessmama and using the coupon code wellnessmama10. But the best part, if you're from a big family or even if you only have a couple of kids, you can order in bulk and get even bigger discounts. So they offer 25% off if you order three bottles of their supplements and 30% off if you order six bottles. So if you combine this with the coupon code wellnessmama10, you're saving 35 and 40%. And you can mix and match these to get a volume discount. Um, Great way to get discounts on their prices and some of the best prices I have found on these supplements, especially USA made high quality ones. So just go to perfectsupplements.com forward slash wellnessmama to get all the details. This episode is also sponsored by the Wellness Mama Cookbook. And as I mentioned before, this is a resource that I worked for hundreds and hundreds of hours on to create a guide that would actually be useful, practical, and really easy to use for moms who are busy and who don't have hours and hours each day to spend in the kitchen, but who also prioritize cooking real food. And my kids helped me test these recipes, so they are definitely family approved. They're also mom approved, and here's why. Um, Like I said, I'm an incredibly busy mom and I don't have a lot of extra time. So the majority of recipes can be made in under 30 minutes and a lot of them can be made in only one pan because I'm personally not a big fan of dishes and would rather not do any more than I have to. So you can check out the cookbook at any major bookstore on Amazon or on wellnessmama.com. It contains over 200 family-friendly recipes as well as some meal plans, some guidance on planning, and some how-to for getting your family on board with eating healthy. I also like to tell people that it's a completely grain-free cookbook, but if you don't avoid grains, you can easily add in things like rice and pasta to dishes for most meals. Um, What I did though is I replaced a lot of the refined ingredients in the recipes with vegetables. Our family does not eat any refined flour or refined sugar. So I replaced those in recipes with vegetables that kids love, like zucchini and cabbage and sweet potatoes. And there's everything from lasagna to chicken fingers to shepherd's pie and all of our family favorites. You can check them out, like I said, any major bookstore or at wellnessmama.com. Now back to the episode. I think you hit a really important topic that um, I've gotten to personally recently, which is that Um, just like you said, just because something is natural or pure doesn't mean it's actually safe. Just like, just because something is 
synthetic doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. And there's a lot of medications that are synthetically made and they're life-saving. And there's a lot of natural compounds like arsenic that are very toxic. So um, I feel like in there's so, been so much good with this natural health movement, but you also have to just be a conscious consumer and not just trust a label that just because something says it's natural, which is also not even a regulated term, um, <laughs> that it's safe. And so I think that is such an important point that you just brought up. Right. Yeah, it's true. I think it, I think it gets confusing, especially as this becomes new to some people, you know, we still see a lot of people starting to go into the natural lifestyle. And I think it can be overwhelming because there are a lot of terms and things out there that they think, oh, well, you know, if if it says this, then, you know, if it says therapeutic grade, it must be good to use in any way, shape or form. Um, But you're right. Since, you know, just like you said, just because something's pure doesn't mean it's safe. And just because something's synthetic doesn't mean it's completely unsafe. So it's important to do research on each one of the things that we're using and make sure that we're, you know, educated in everything that we do um, so that we can make the best decisions for ourselves and our family. Absolutely. And so we've talked about all the cautions, but I want to wrap up with the positive side and to really bring home the point that essential oils to be most effective, they're most effective in their proper ratios and their proper dilutions. And you're not always going to get a better result by using more, but to talk about the the positives. So for someone who is just getting into essential oils or who maybe is already into essential oils, but wants to make sure they're using them safely, what would be some great starting points on good ways to use essential oils that would be generally safe for like small children and families? Yeah. So a a couple things that I would recommend is first, I would recommend, you know, we have a lot of customers who have binders of all this stuff that they have printed. um, And that can be overwhelming because there's a lot of information out there. So first I would recommend to just print a couple of things. If you have children, I would find a list of oils that are kid safe. Or um, like I mentioned on Plant Therapy's website, you know, we have a kid safe stamp on all of our oils if it's kid safe. So that way, you know, you aren't having to do all this research. You can trust a company who's done all of this research for you and then just start there. Because when you're starting out, there's so much information that we want to get the basic information just set in stone for you so you don't have to, you know, think about it too hard when you're first starting out. So that's one of the things that I would first do. The other thing is I would find a dilution chart. Um, Plant Therapy has one, but there are a lot of bloggers out there who have created their own, um, a lot of other companies who have created their own. So I would find one that you feel comfortable with. And um, I would also have that printed off so that as you're using essential oils, you can constantly go back to it. Um, So, you know, when let's say on a bottle of lavender, it's going to say dilute to three to 5%. And all of a sudden you're like, ah, I forgot how to do that. You know, go to the chart, find it. It'll explain how to do it and you'll quickly get used to it. Um, So I would say just a couple charts like that based off of, you know, if you have children, if you're pregnant, um, you know, whatever it is that kind of just gives those guidelines for you. So you're not constantly having to go back and, oh, is that kid safe? Is it not kid safe? Oh, what do I need to dilute that to? You know, it's just right there in front of you that you can always go back to as a guideline. And another thing that I always recommend someone who is just starting out is, you know, I say list one thing that you want essential oils to help you with. Maybe they want essential oils to help them sleep at night. Um, You know, maybe they have anxiety and they want essential oils to help with that. You know, whatever it might be, pick one thing and then buy, you know, one to three essential oils that are supposed to help with that and get to know those essential oils. Figure out how you react to those essential oils. What one works best to help you with the concern that you originally had that you wanted to start using essential oils for? Um, Get familiar with those essential oils. Get to know them. Figure out, you know, what works best for you, why, and what dilution works best for you and and 
applying it to your feet or applying it to your chest or putting it on a cotton pad next to your bed, you know, what way helps you sleep better. And as you get to know the essential oils and you get to know your body and how you respond to the essential oils, then add a few more essential oils into your collection and get to know those. You know, I think I love hearing some of the experts who have been in the industry for, you know, 40 plus years, I love hearing them talk about essential oils because they have such a relationship with the essential oils that they use because they've been using them for so long. And I love that. And I think I think that the industry has kind of gone to, you know, everyone owning hundreds of essential oils and using them every day and in every way they can, because why not you have them? And I and I don't think that that's the purpose of aromatherapy. And I think that sometimes people need to step back and think, you know, instead of spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on all these essential oils and you're going to end up using three of them, start with the basic, get to know them. And as you get to know them and as you get to be comfortable with using them and know how your body reacts to them or, you know, what one's the best for what, then you can continually add more. And then you aren't going to have hundreds of essential oils that you never use, but you're going to have maybe 50 that you use often because you, you know what they're good for. You know why you have them, you know how they help you. And I, and I think that, I think for someone who's starting out, I think that that's the way that you should go about it is really just start with, you know, one to three essential oils and then add on to them instead of, you know, starting with 50 or whatever it might be. Um, so that's kind of what I recommend a lot of people do. Yeah, good advice. And so one thing I also wanted to bring up just from a personal level is um, I know anybody who's been a reader for a long time, they may be wondering also, like, why are you on the podcast and why am I talking about plant therapy? Because for a long time, I have just linked to places they could buy single essential oils in bulk or whatever quantity they wanted. And that's something I've recently changed. And so I just wanted to also bring that up and address in out loud. And that's partially because um, a couple of the companies I was recommending, for one, I got a lot of complaints about how long their shipping took and there were some other issues there. But also because um, while for years and years I used to just mix my own blends, um, now with six kids, I've become pr pretty busy all the time and it's so convenient to have blends and they smell great. And I think that's one of the things people love so much about a lot of these companies are the blends they can get. And, um, so I had done a lot of research and found, um, like you said, companies that I trust that I now buy oils from that are, they have blends as well. And especially kids save lines because, um, I've done that research myself over all these years. And I actually, when I looked into you guys, I went through every one of your kids safe ones and checked it against my own research just to make sure. Cause I'm, um, very avid researcher like that, but I wanted to find kids safe ones because it's a big time saver for me. And so the criteria that I was using, I was trying to find oils that were cost effective, but still high quality and that had blends and kids safe. And so I just wanted to put that out there for anybody who may have that question in their mind as to why I'm now um, linking to you guys and, you know, linking to, to companies with blends and kids safe lines instead of the ones I've linked to for 10 years. And, um, and that's the reason. And also just because I feel like from talking to you and getting to know you like I have in the past couple of months, that um, it really helps to have a company that has a mission. And I feel like that you guys do have that and you talk about the safety and you're not recommending unsafe usage and you're not telling people to drink whole bottles of it. And um, so I really like that about you guys. And I just wanted to give my own personal side of that for anyone who is curious. Um, and also to say, I'm going to link to them, but um, you guys have these little stuffed animals that are essentially like kind of like diffuser stuffed animals because you can put essential oils in them. And my daughters are in love with them right now. So I just wanted to... Um, right. To say that is an endorsement of you guys, because I know some people may have that question in their mind, um, but also just mention a little bit like about plant therapy in general and the kind of things you have, obviously essential oils, but you guys have some other things as well. 
Yeah, we do. We do. We have a we have a full line. So plant therapy started in 2011, and my sister and brother-in-law actually own the company, Chris and Amanda. And um, I started working for plant therapy over four years ago, and I just went to my brother-in-law, and I was like, hey, you know, is there anything that I can do? I kind of just want to earn a little bit of extra money for my family. And I started plant therapy's Facebook page, and I started their blog, and I was their first certified aromatherapist on staff, and now we have six of them, which is crazy. And, you know, we have a bunch of employees going through the certification program, so that's exciting. Um, but, you know, and, and then I started doing all their marketing. And so it's it's been really fun for me to be able to see plant therapy grow from a, a brand new company to the company is today. And I've been able to see, you know, their goals and and all their ideas really come to life. And that's been fun. And and, you know, one of the reasons, like you said, I've grown up used using essential oils. Um, but I'm passionate about plant therapy because I've seen all I've seen them from the beginning to where they come now. And, and it's been really fun to do that. And you know, I would say the two biggest things for plant therapy is quality and, and education. And, um, and you know, like I said, we were the first company to offer batch-specific GCMS testing on our website, um, full GCMS tests on our website. We were the first company to offer a KidSafe line, which we launched over two years ago. And um, we've kind of set a lot of these guidelines for companies and standards. And that's been a wonderful thing to see that other companies have, have come on board and started doing these things because it's become more and more important to customers and companies are recognizing that. And that's an amazing thing. And I think wonderful to see as an aromatherapy industry that we're all coming together to offer the best for, you know, everyone um, in the industry, all of the customers and people inter interested in essential oils. And so, you know, those are the two main goals of plant therapy um, is the quality and the education that we offer. And I think plant therapy has done an amazing job with those two things. And, um, you know, we really were passionate about essential oils and we're passionate about educating our customers how to safely and most effectively use those oils, because not only safety is important, but we want the customers to get the most out of their oils, too. And and so, you know, having the oils be effective and actually work is a huge part of of our educating our customers. Um, you know, and along with that, you know, of course we offer carrier oils and hydrosols and cases and diffusers and a lot of things to really make it easy for someone who's not only brand new, but you know, someone who's been using essential oils for years. We have all of these tools and all of these things that it's, you know, really a one-stop shop where people can come and, and get everything that they will need to be able to use the essential oils in the safest and most effective way. So, you know, that that's been important to us is as we've added new things to our product lines, we say, is this going to make it easier for our customers to use the essential oils? Is it is this a safe way for customers to use essential oils? Um, you know, and all these questions are asked when we're adding new products to to our line, um, because, you know, like I said, that's that's really our two goals is the quality and and the education on on these essential oils. So everything that we sell, you know, it has to go in line with these two things um, to make sure that we are offering the best to our customers. That's so awesome. And for anybody listening who um, wants to reference any of the things that either one of us has talked about, I will make sure that the show notes, there's links to all the dilution charts and the safety charts and the pregnancy references and also to your paper um, about internal use. And if anyone's interested in finding out more about plant therapy in particular, um, I have a link set up wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash PT for plant therapy. And um, that'll go to the page where they can find out more and look at all the different oils and accessories that you guys have. 
Um, but Rita, thank you so much for being here. I feel like you are such a good voice for education in this arena and I, and that you guys come, like you said, from a point of education and there's, I've never gotten the vibe from you guys of that you're the only great company out there and that they're like, it's, that you get from some of the other companies. So I appreciate that you guys are a voice of education in the industry and that you, um, are so, you care so much about families using them safely and effectively. So thank you for being here today and sharing with us. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. I had fun. And thanks to all of you for listening. And I hope you'll join me next time for the Healthy Moms Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Moms Podcast. Did you know that you can become a Wellness Mama VIP member for free? Just go to wellnessmama.com forward slash podcast to subscribe to the podcast and then click free membership to gain access to a membership library of health and wellness resources. You'll get the latest from Wellness Mama each week, as well as special discounts and offers. Also, find Wellness Mama on social media to stay updated with the latest podcast episodes, blog posts, and more. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.